Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and this is the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Phew edition. We look back at a game that was exhilarating for Bengals fans in the first half, agonizing in the second half, and ultimately can be summed up with a huge sigh of relief as the Bengals beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 37-34. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from the game, locker room interviews with several key players, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Plus, in this week's Fun Facts interview, it's a great conversation with Cincinnati native Adolphus Washington, covering a wide variety of topics, including the joy of being the father of two young kids. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since the thesaurus. Yes, the thesaurus, defined as a reference tool that lists words together according to similarity of meaning. So if, for example, you're writing about a football game that was agonizing in the final minutes and don't want to use the word agonizing more than once, you can go to the thesaurus and have similar words ready to go. So let's get to Sunday's game, which was harrowing, excruciating, and distressing down the stretch. But it started out great. Tampa Bay quarterback Jameis Winston entered the game with more interceptions than touchdown passes and added to his INT total in the red zone on the Bucks' opening drive. Winston catches a shotgun snap, three-step drop, guns it over the middle, intercepted in the end zone by Sean Williams. He decides to run it out. He's coming toward the near sideline at the 10, the 20, and he'll be shoved out of bounds by Chris Godwin at the 25-yard line. Neither team scored on their first two drives, but when the Bengals got the ball for the third time, a rookie tight end made a huge play the first time he stepped on the field. On first and 10 from the 37-yard line, Andy Dalton fakes a handoff to Joe Mixon, fires down the sideline, it is caught by Jordan Franks in his NFL debut, and he is shoved out of bounds at the Tampa Bay 31-yard line. A 32-yard catch for Franks, an undrafted player out of UCF, who was just promoted from the practice squad this week. I can run a little bit, so honestly, I just put my head down and looked up. The ball's coming my way, so see ball, get ball, I guess you say. His catch started a four-play, 63-yard touchdown drive. The nose of the football close to the goal line. The Bengals do not challenge. Instead, they hand it to Mixon. He charges up the gut and into the promised land. Touchdown, Bengals, as Joe Mixon begins the celebratory dance after giving the Bengals a 6-0 lead. When Tampa Bay got the ball back, Jameis did what Jameis does. Winston rolls right, being chased by Sam Hubbard. His pass deflected and intercepted by Preston Brown. Running back to the 30, the 35, the 40, and he is shoved out of bounds. Sam Hubbard deflected it, and it floated right into the hands of linebacker Preston Brown. Absolutely, Dan. The guy that did all the work is 94 Sam Hubbard. Contained him, controlled him, deflected the football, and it it ricocheted to Preston Brown, and he's going to get all the glory. He's going to get the interception, but a star on the forehead of Sam Hubbard. And this time, the Bengals turned the pick into points. Shotgun snap. Dalton guns it into the end zone. Caught for a touchdown by Tyler Boyd. A great throw away from the defender by Andy Dalton. 
Boyd spun backward, got his hands up, hauled in the football, and the Bengals have a two-touchdown lead. After a Tampa Bay punt, the Bengals made it a three-touchdown lead. First and goal from the eight-yard line for the Bengals. Dalton hands it off to Mixon with a yeah. head of steam. He will waltz into the end zone. An easy touchdown for Joe Mixon. 20-0 Cincinnati. Randy Bullock's extra point made it 21-0, and it looked like the route was on. But here's the point where we remind you that Tampa Bay was number one in the NFL in passing yards entering the game, and the Bengals' defense hasn't exactly been dominant this year. First and 10 from the 40, Winston with another deep drop. He's going to air it out. Wide open down the middle of the field is Deshaun Jackson. Touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A 60-yard touchdown strike to Deshaun Jackson. Career touchdown catch number 53 and of those 53 touchdown grabs 24 have been 60 yards or longer that's a new nfl record jackson now has one more than jerry rice tampa bay missed the extra point and the bengals wasted no time in getting the six points back dalton under center turns left hands it to mixon again following two blockers around the left edge he's to the 45 right. 50 All great right. jump cut to the 40 right. down to the 30 escapes Two. the tackle at the 25 and gets pulled down at the 17-yard line by Isaiah Johnson. 43 yards for Joe Mixon to go up and over 100 yards in the first half. Joe finished with a career-high 123 yards, and that jaunt set up this. First and 10 at the 17, Dalton floats a fade Got for him. A.J. Green. He yeah. comes down with a football. Yeah. Touchdown, Bengals. Nice. A.J. Green going up and over, rookie cornerback. Carlton Davis to haul in the touchdown pass from Andy Dalton for Adriel Jeremiah Green. That is touchdown catch number six this year. Bullock missed the extra point, and although Tampa Bay kicked a field goal at the end of the half, the Bengals had a seemingly comfortable 27-9 lead. Emphasis on seemingly. The two teams traded touchdowns in the third quarter. A one-yard run by Peyton Barber pulled the Bucks within 11, but then Winston threw two more interceptions. Jordan Evans came up with the Bengals' third of the game, and Jesse Bates came up with a fourth. Bengals fans are getting into it, trying to make it hard for the offensive line to hear. Shotgun snap, Winston back to throw, his pass yeah! intercepted, yeah! running it back is Bates. Touchdown, <laughs> Bengals, a pick six for rookie Jesse Bates, the first of his NFL career as Jameis Winston's fourth interception results in a Bengals score. Bates stumbled a bit after the pick, but maintained his balance for a 21-yard touchdown return. Kind of threw it right to me, honestly. Uh, just had to catch it and you score. That's pretty much what it was. Are you thinking, oh God, please keep your feet? Because you had to have seen it was wide open in front of you. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the, the whole crowd. I'm like, oh, please don't fall, please don't fall. But you know, I kept my feet and... It was 34-16 Bengals with two minutes left in the third quarter, and the Bucks decided to change quarterbacks, calling on 35-year-old Harvard grad and former Bengal Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was the toast of the NFL at the start of the season. Remember Fitzmagic? When he passed for more than 400 yards in each of the first three weeks, the first quarterback in NFL history to top 400 passing yards in three straight games. Well... Fitzpatrick threw for 194 in a little more than a quarter against the Bengals. After a field goal cut the Bengals' lead to 15, Fitzpatrick 
made it a one-score game. Now the 35-year-old quarterback takes the shotgun snap, drops straight back to throw. He's going to float one deep downfield oh for Evans, who is wide open, catches at the 30, and he will trot into the end zone. Man. A 72-yard touchdown for Tampa Bay. How can you let the deepest receiver on the field just run right by you? The safeties were nowhere to be found. One of those safeties was Jesse Bates. You know, we, we played so well for the three quarters, and then I think some people may have got lazy or, you know, our eyes may have got you know, got comfortable pretty much. And um, you can't do that just because, I mean, this thing will humble you very fast, and it did tonight. While the Bengals' defense was starting to leak oil, the offense went bone dry. On the Bengals' first four drives of the second half, Cincinnati did not have a single first down. And with time winding down in the game, the Buccaneers caught up. Shotgun snap, Fitzpatrick looking for an open target. His throw, caught for a touchdown. O.J. Howard caught it at the five and sliced into the end zone. And now it will come down to a two-point conversion try with 1.05 left. The ball is placed at the two-yard line. A two-point conversion attempt to erase a 21-point deficit and try to force overtime. 1.05 left. Fitzpatrick in the shotgun. Three receivers right, one left. He's back to throw. He's looking. He cocks Finish the arm. Him. He escapes a hit. He throws, and it's caught for a two-point conversion by Godwin. We are even with 105 left in regulation. Here's head coach Marvin Lewis. We, we shouldn't put ourselves in that position. We, we, we got this game in hand. We can't got to understand the situation in the game, what could happen, and do our jobs on defense better. The Bengals got the ball back at their own 24 with 58 seconds on the clock and two timeouts remaining and kicker Randy Bullock knew the game might come down to his right foot. Uh, I actually started warming up. I figured, uh, you know, if, if I did have an opportunity, I wanted to be prepared, uh, be loose, relaxed, and uh, do my job. Andy Dalton went to work, hitting A.J. Green for gains of 23 and 11 yards. Prior to those catches, A.J. had been held to three grabs for 42. Here's Dalton. Everybody's got a plan for him, and so, um, you know, for us, even with with what they were doing at the end we were able to get two plays for him i mean he he's a big reason why we won this game and so um you know you, for him he's just got to keep going because uh, there's going to be opportunities whenever he's not getting doubled and um when that was the case today he made the play the bengals drove to the 26 yard line and called a timeout sending bullock out to attempt a game-winning field goal. Five seconds left on the clock. 34 all is the score. Clark Harris ready to snap it back. A pro bowler a year ago. He's ready. He snaps it to Huber. Huber puts it down. The kick from Randy Bullock is on its way. It yeah! Good! Yeah! There are penalty flags down. Penalty flags on the field. Let's, Let's see. see what the penalty it's on, is. It's on Tampa Bay. Kevin Huber says it's on the Buccaneers. Yes. And Randy Bullock has just kicked the Bengals to a 37-34 win at the gun. And what happened is they probably overloaded in the middle and, and dunked the donut a little bit. Put some Personal pressure on Harris. The snapper defense. That penalty is declined. Yep. The field goal is good. And the game is over. They tried to get pressure up the middle, putting extra people on Clark Harris. And you can't cover him up. They covered him up. That's a penalty. It's a personal foul. Unnecessary roughness on the snapper. And uh, Tampa Bay got called for it. It was good anyway. It took all 60 minutes, but it's nice to say coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. Tyler Boyd had an excellent view of the game-winning kick. Front row seat right next to Marv. Right, right, <laughs> right on my knee, man. I was, I was so grateful, man. I was, it's, it's fun times when you win. It's always fun when you win. It was an extremely windy day, and both kickers missed extra points. But when it mattered most, 
Bullock delivered his first game winner in a Bengals uniform. Do you look forward to those opportunities? Absolutely. I mean, more than anything, you look forward to, to doing your job, helping your team win. And, uh, you know, like I said, I had missed one earlier, so I felt like I owed it to the guys to, uh, to come through. And uh, they did a great job moving the ball down the field and uh, putting us in the, with an opportunity to point points on the board at the end. Seemed like a very calm, even-keeled sort, but is your heart beating a million miles a minute in those situations? No, I mean, more than anything, you can't make a situation bigger than it is. Uh, I felt like I was ready. Uh, if I had an opportunity, I was going to make it. Uh, didn't matter the distance, so that was that's the mentality I was going into it with. And uh, like I said, I, I felt like I had missed one earlier, and I owed it to the guys to, to put one through. The final score, 37-34 Bengals. They hit the midway point of the season and a desperately needed bye week with a record of 5-3, and three, a half game behind the first-place Steelers in the AFC North, and a game ahead of the Ravens, who lost at Carolina. Here are Andy Dalton and Jesse Bates, on the win. To be 5-3 and three right now, going into the bye is big. And uh, you know, hopefully we can get some guys healthy and, and get some guys back. I feel really good. I'm sure everyone else in this locker room feels really good. Um, we knew the, the chances of going to the playoffs, um, and this was a big win for us. And we, we uh, emphasized that in, inside the meeting room. You know, just get, get back to what we do, do best. And, um, you know, we, we kind of did that, and we kind of didn't. So we're just going to... Uh, go to work these two days before we go off and you know enjoy our families throughout the bye week. Now time to bring in my broadcast partner Dave Lapham for post-game analysis and we start with Bullock's clutch kick. Incredible and when you look at that field goal I mean it started to pick up a little wind a little swirling wind I mean that's not a gimme that's not an automatic so Randy Bullock uh, you know executed well as did uh, Clark Harris as did Kevin Huber and the protection unit you, you can't take any of those for granted but my goodness, that was, you talk about a Charles Dickens tale of two halves. That was, that was volume one, page one. That was, that was the highlight of it. I mean, the Bengals score 27 points on 36 snaps in the first half, over 300 yards offense. Then in the second half, they didn't get a first down until their fifth possession. It was, it was incredible. It was like north and south pole. And, uh, but when the game was on the line, when it counted and mattered most, Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, the two guys that have made the Pro Bowl for this football team and have won a lot of football games, they made plays when they had to to set the team up for the game-winning field goal. What a bizarre day for the Bengals' defense. They yeah. surrendered more yards against Tampa Bay than they gave up against Kansas City last Sunday night. 576 yards of offense in the game against the Bucks, but they came up with four interceptions, including a pick six, and really that's what allowed the Bengals to hold on and win. In the first half, they ran one more play than the Bengals. In the second half, they ran 19 more snaps than the Cincinnati Bengals did. And, you know, that's where they started to have some problems. And honestly, the worst thing to happen was to pick six because it benched Jameis Winston. I mean, Jesse Bates, you know, picked it and took it to the house. And, and that was the end for Jameis Winston. Four interceptions. I mean, he just could. He was overthrowing footballs. Never, never saw Jesse Bates. And Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in there, and this guy's got some wiggle in the pocket, and he'll get out of pocket, and he'll throw the ball vertically. And he did. He did it again today. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not part of the Tampa Bay organization in any way, shape, or form. But man, if he's not the starter against Carolina, I'm not sure the other guys will travel to play the football game. I mean, he's got to be their quarterback. As I pointed out during the broadcast, he came into the game number four in the NFL in passer rating, number one in chest hair, as we yeah. learned in a post-game interview earlier this season. Let's talk about a couple of Bengals offensive players who had career-high performances. Joe Mixon rushed for 123 yards, a new high for him. Tyler Boyd, 138 receiving yards, a new high for him. And we thought a big key to the football game was going to be Mixon because, you know, Mark Dufton was going to play it like he played it in Cleveland, not, you know, 
a safety in the box. He wasn't going to put the eighth guy in the box. He was going to have seven in the box and then umbrella coverage, you know, soft coverage on the back end, two safeties deep, and figure out different ways to, to double A.J. Green. And they did. In the red zone, they found a different way to double him. They bracketed him differently every single time. That is a testament to his greatness. But in so doing that, Tyler Boyd, you know, wins his one-on-ones whenever he's got him, and he makes play after play. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really those two guys, Joe Mixon, you, you got to when there's only seven in the box, you got to run them out of it. And, and Joe was doing everything he could. He busted one for 43. He busted a couple big runs. Um, you know, you get over 100 yards rusher and over 100 yard receiver, and it's not AJ Green. That's mean that there's a supporting cast. And then AJ, like we talked about earlier when the game was on the line, he and Andy Dalton, they got a little mental telepathy going. You know, I mean, they're going to hook up and they're going to make plays back shoulder, and they've done it so many times. It's just automatic. Teams that go 5-3 and three in the first half of the season make the playoffs more than 60% of the time, so that's good news for the Bengals. And the other good news, obviously, is that they're going into their bye with a ton of injured players. Several of those guys seem certain to come back after the bye. Giovanni Bernard should be back. Billy Price, I would think, will be back. John Ross should be in good shape to come back. But unfortunately, they've got, they've got a lot of guys that are not going to be back this season as well. Right. Adam Schefter um, tweeted out during the game, when Adam Schefter tweets it, it's pretty much official by league standards that uh, Carl Lawson has a torn ACL. So he's out for the year. So what happens there? I mean, Willis, Hubbard, you're going to have to give some rushes at defensive end, not defensive tackle in that nickel. That nickel's going to look a little bit different. Um, one thing that, that found out during the first half of the season with all the injuries this team sustained, and they were wheezing to the bye week. I mean, they were just scrambling and clawing trying to get there. They're 1-53. to Their roster depth's pretty good. And, you know, that, that's, that's the positive. The negative is, man, when, when is it going to ease up? I mean, C.J. Uzama with a right shoulder injury, and he'd had it for a while, but it exacerbated it during the course of this game. I mean, they were down to nothing. And one of my favorite plays, Jordan Franks on the wheel route. They put him in motion across the backfield, wheel route up the sideline for over 20-yard catch, uh, his first NFL snap. So, I mean, they're getting uh, contributions from a ton of people. And the thing, Dan, that also was impressive, with all these roster problems, special teams is decimated. And you have, you have uh, you know, guys like Mark Walton taking a lot more special team snaps. Sam Hubbard taking a lot more special team snaps. So guys are doing a lot. I mean, guys are having their roles expand right before their very eyes because of injury concerns. So, again, like you said, hopefully after the bye week, you know, they see a masseuse. They see doctors. They see, you know, sports psychologists. They see everything they need to see to get their bodies and mind right and start getting some guys back because they have a chance. They have five wins. They're tracking for a 10 and six if they duplicate that. And uh, that'll put you in position for some good things postseason. Thanks, Lap. After the bye, the Bengals host the 5-1 and one New Orleans Saints. And their three home games after that are against the Browns, Broncos, and Raiders. Three teams with a combined record of 6-16-1. Now time for this week's Fun fact segment. As you get to know the person under the pads. In this case one of four Cincinnati kids on the current roster. Time for some fun facts with Cincinnati's own Adolphus Washington. And I almost feel like I know you because I've heard so much about you over the years from your time at Taft High School and Ohio State. But this is our first one-on-one conversation. When did it all start for you? When was it clear that you were going to be an elite athlete? Um, Probably around seventh eighth grade um I, I had started playing basketball I, I've always played football but I started playing basketball probably like fifth grade and um 
football, I mean, basketball was just one of those things that I really had to work to get good at, and I kind of fell in love with it. So I actually was ready to quit football to play basketball, but probably like my ninth grade, tenth grade year, I wasn't getting no letters for basketball. So I'm like, oh, something, something is wrong. Like, I was getting all letters for football. So I'm like, maybe I just need to focus on football. So that's what I did. I focused on football. But I still played basketball, you know, because I, I have the other guys that I played with. You know, we grew up together, played basketball. I'm like, I'm going to stick it out for them guys. But when, I, when it's all said and done, I'm going to play football. Well, I certainly know about your basketball exploits, and we will get to that. But let's talk a little bit more about football because your dad, Adolphus Sr., was a college football player, spent Mm -hmm. a year at UC. Mm -hmm. Did he used to coach you, push you as a kid? Did he really uh, help you develop your skills? Uh, Honestly, my dad never uh, coached me. Well, he coached me one year, but he never really coached me. He was always the at-home coach. You know what I mean? Like, he would always tell me things that I need to work on. He was never the parent that was going to come out there and yell at you and tell you he, he never did that. Mm-hmm. He always waited till we got in the car and on a ride home, that type of stuff. So um, I wish I would have listened to him a lot more, but, <laughs> you know, I think everybody goes through that phase where they kind of be like, you don't really know, but, you know, he really knew. So I wish I would have listened to him a little bit more, but, you know, to this day he still does the same thing. He calls me, um, let me know um, what I did good, what I mostly what I did bad, but, you know, he um, – He's always, always talking to me. He wants me to be great. I want to be great. We just go keep it going. We're doing fun facts with Adolphus Washington. I read that your grandfather worked at UC, and you used to go to UC basketball games as a kid. What memories do you have of that? I just remember, like, the big-name guys like Steve Logan. Um, he was one of the guys that were there when I, uh, when I used to go. And I wasn't even playing basketball at this time, so it kind of was like, okay, this is basketball, whatever, like – but um, I think going to those games was actually what made me start liking basketball. And then um, my dad ended up getting a job at a rec center. So it was literally basketball all day. So I eventually just learned how to play. So um, my granddad, um, like, like you said, worked at, he worked at UC for a very long time. So he used to always get tickets to the game. He always took me and my, and my cousins to the game. And it was definitely a great experience. Definitely a great experience. Adolphus at Taft. You were a Parade All-American in football and basketball. Mm-hmm. In terms of pure enjoyment, which one did you like more? Got to be basketball. Cause like I said, I played with uh, you know a group of guys since we were like uh, fourth, fifth grade, and um, we played AAU together. And I just I really loved playing with those guys. Like you know traveling around the country, you know playing basketball. Literally, like they were, they were like my best friends. Like we literally didn't leave each other. Mm-hmm. Like. We were with each other Monday through Sunday, literally. Like, it's so crazy. But um, basketball probably I enjoyed the most. So you were the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Ohio in your final year at Taft High School. But Mr. Basketball was a guy named Justin Fritz. Mm-hmm. Were you I disappointed? I was very disappointed. <laughs> I felt like I should have won both of the awards. But, you know, they told me I couldn't win both. So I definitely take the national award over the state mm-hmm. award. So it is what it is. I, um, I, don't, I don't really know what that guy's doing right now. But, I mean, congratulations to him. I never, <laughs> I never got to tell him, but congratulations to him. Well, since you wondered, he went on to have a fine college career. At, I believe it was Wheeling Jesuit. So he did play college basketball and apparently did quite well. That's good. That's good. We're visiting with Adolphus Washington. There's a picture of you on the Internet where you're two months old and decked out in Ohio State gear from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Who was the Buckeyes fan in the family? 
my dad, he was a, a Buckeye fan. He was a Notre Dame fan. Hmm. So um, as I got older, you know, we kind of grew away from the Notre Dame. I don't know why, but we just did. And it was just all about Ohio State. So, you know, as I went, as I got older, that's always where I wanted to go. And um, to be honest, you know, the situation that I grew up in, and I, I, honestly, I never thought I would go to college. You know, I never even knew about the process to even try to, to get into college, you know, like um, – and my sophomore year, uh, Coach Trestle actually, um, you know, started recruiting me. And I went up there and, you know, got to meet with him. So when I got my first letter from him, I really thought, like, it was like a fake letter. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know about college recruiting and letters and all of that stuff. So I was kind of learning on the fly. But um, Ohio State has, was definitely my, my dream school. And I'm glad that I got to go there, um, um, got to – show my family, you know, a different side of things, you know, to be able to leave Cincinnati and go to other games or, you know, travel to, you know, the, the state up north and they come up there and watch me play. They can come to watch us play against Michigan State or who, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just to show my family, you know, that I'm really trying to do something different because I had a lot of athletes in my family, but none of them can get over the high school hump. You know what I mean? Like they always – the high school is always where, you know, so when I got to high school, I really, you know, tried to focus in and make sure I did everything right, stayed on the right path, made sure my grades were right so I didn't have to, you know, worry about stuff. And um, it all worked out. I mean, I'm here now, so it all worked out. You won the national championship at Ohio mm-hmm. State. You had a sack in the yeah. championship game against Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. What's that high like when you make a play like that on that stage? Um, that was actually the only sack of the national championship between either team. Hmm. So, you know, um, that kind of, that goes down in the history books. You know what I mean? Like when you, you know, 30 years from now, when you look back on the first ever, you know, playoff national championship, Adolphus Washington had a sack. You know, I could tell <laughs> my kids that. So, I mean, it's definitely a great accomplishment. Um, we worked hard to get there. You know, we came in as the underdog in both games. And um, we we just went out there and fought. You know, we had a great group of guys. Um, you seen with the draft. You know, all those all us got drafted and all that. But um, yeah, we were just a really good team. Really good team. We're doing fun facts with Adolphus Washington. You were drafted by the Buffalo Bills. What was your draft night experience like? Well, day one, you know, I was kind of expecting to go, not expecting to go. You know what I mean? So I was kind of disappointed. Then when day two came. Um, that night was even worse. So, um, you know, the rounds are going. Third round come, probably like the fifth pick of the third round. I'm like, what is what's going on? Like, so I just I walk out. Um, I go sit in my car. You know, my uh, like I said, my group of friends that I hang with. You know, they came out there. They talking to me. You know, telling me everything. Oh, my goddad, my dad. They all were out there, telling me everything gonna be okay. But you know, I I don't really want to hear that. But um, I ended up getting a call from um, a New Jersey number. So I'm thinking it was the Jets or the Giants or something like that. And it was actually uh, um, the Bills. It was a GM from the Bills. And, like, I kind of paused that first because, you know, it, it's, it's finally that moment. And I, it was, it was just a, it was a great experience. I got to be around, you know, um, literally all my family, you know, guys that I, you know, went to high school with, guys I played sports with in high school, they all came. Um, it definitely was a great turnout, you know. Um, had a great time. I got to see, like, some really, really old time, like little elementary friends that I went to elementary. They all came. Like, 
it was definitely a great experience. I like I said, I, I loved it. I was um, glad to have everybody there with me, and it was it was great. I grew up in Western New York, so I know Bills fans are insane. What's the craziest thing that you witnessed from a Buffalo Bills fan while you were there? After a game, <laughs> after a game, we had won. I can't remember who we beat, but it made like the uh, Bleacher Report or something like that. And um, a guy, he like body slammed the guy through the table because we won. It was it was hilarious, <laughs> but that's by far the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like it was he like he jumped off a truck and, yeah. and jumped onto the table. By far the craziest thing I seen. Proving once again that alcohol is a powerful drug. <laughs> exactly. All right, Adolphus, what do you love about Cincinnati? Um, I'm home. I'm around my family. I'm around, you know, people that know me, people that, you know, have been supporting me for a very long time. Um, and I finally just get to play with the team that I've always watched growing up. You know what I mean? When Coach Lewis first got here, you know, I was – I felt like I was already on the team then. But, you know um, – I've always been a Bengals fan. Um, even when I was, you know, with the Buffalo Bills, I still had the, the Cincinnati Bengals app on my phone, you know, getting the updates every uh, every quarter, every game, you know, seeing who was hurt, who wasn't hurt, you know, stuff like that. So I've always been a Bengals fan. So it's that I feel like I feel rejuvenated. I feel like a new person now that I with, uh, you know, the team that I've always grown up with. And um, I, I'm just glad that they, they were the ones that gave me the opportunity to come back out here and play again. Last thing, you're a proud dad. You're wearing a necklace right now with yeah. an image of your son and your daughter. Uh-huh. Describe the joy of fatherhood for you. When I walk in the house, my kids, they love to see me walk in the house. When I, If I don't come home on time, because they, they have, like I said, they got iPads. So they calling me like, where you at? Like, when you coming home? Like, And it's, um, that's just probably one of the greatest feelings you know, being a dad, I don't, I don't really understand. You know how people don't be in their kids' lives because it's this is probably like the greatest thing ever. You know what I mean? You to only have, get one shot at yeah, it. Yeah, you only get one yeah. shot, and to have those, you know, those little you looking up to you, you know, looking for that example, looking at the way to do things. So I try to, <clears throat> um, you know, take a lot of things that I learned from football because believe it or not, football. Ch- teaches you a lot more than just, you know, going out there tackling somebody. So I try to instill those, uh, you know, those same morals into my kids, you know, not necessarily the exact way, but, you know, similar ways, you know, to always respect people, um, do everything the the best you can, do everything a hundred miles an hour, you know what I mean? Like just little things that can, you know, translate to, you know, everyday life. You're off the hot seat. Appreciate the time. Welcome home. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Adolphus had his best game in a Bengals uniform against Tampa Bay as he had an eight-yard sack, another quarterback hit, and finished with three tackles. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean and give it a rating or leave a comment. Your feedback is greatly appreciated and five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.